when people you despise because they're despicable hurt you, the tendency is to want to hurt them back. Don't do it. Use compassion to recognize their suffering. It's hard to do. To be compassionate for a tyrant, for a racist, for a sexist, for someone with no conscience whatsoever, absolutely no empathy, totally power-hungry, and I'm asking you to be compassionate. What that means is to recognize how much they suffer and that it's impossible to hate hatred. You just can't do it. And so this is Christ saying, love your enemy. Beyond politics and above religion, a moral authority exists known globally as the ageless wisdom. It's the study of consciousness, the mystery of awareness, which cannot be measured, yet will not be denied. This podcast from Michael Benner's Wisdom of the Soul class features weekly lessons in metaphysics, mysticism, and esoteric philosophy. Those who attend live and free of charge on Zoom may also participate in group meditation and Q&A. Register for our newsletter at michaelbenner.com. Welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School with Michael Benner. Well, good morning and welcome to the Wisdom of the Soul presented by the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. I'm your host, Michael Benner, and uh, we're well into our second year now of uh, weekly Sunday morning programs. Join us live whenever you can. You uh, get the benefit of a meditation pretty much near the beginning of each class, and some Q&A at the end, which I always look forward to. And I hope that uh, those of you who are with us live this morning will uh, think about participating as we get toward the last 20 minutes of the class. If you have a question or a comment on today's topic, or for that matter, any other. If you're unable to join us on a given Sunday live, 11 a.m. Pacific time. We have the full class, the video on our YouTube channel, Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. And then I edit the audio track and podcast that to all players, aggregators, podcatchers, uh, player apps. Uh, I haven't found one yet that we're not on. Again, I appreciate you being with us here live today as we talk about why hurt people hurt people. That's our topic. Or maybe how hurt people hurt people. Before we go to the opening meditation, let me just say that emotional feelings are exceedingly contagious. And I'm not sure that we appreciate that our emotional exchanges are uh, very similar to looking at yourself in a mirror. And there's great wisdom in recognizing yourself in the opposition that comes from the person you argue with, the person you're angry at, or the person you come to hate, or the person who, ideally, hopefully nobody in this class, but it can come to uh, fisticuffs, to violence, uh, and if it's not hitting each other or shooting at each other, maybe just throwing stuff to 
express this hostility that comes out of anger that's rooted in fear. Anger and hatred are very complex emotions. And rarely do I hear anyone dissemble these feelings. So let me just say that these are probably the biggest of emotions, negative emotions, so-called, because of the potential for regrettable action and violence. So it, it helps that we understand that we not only manage our own feelings, but learn to manage those feelings in other people. You know, emotional intelligence breaks down into two areas. There's four pillars, two in each area. The first two uh, parts of emotional intelligence, the first two keys or pillars, are self-awareness and self-management of your emotion. But the third and fourth pillars are interpersonal. Intrapersonal (laughs) is you becoming self-aware and managing your emotions. But three and four is empathizing, understanding other people's feelings through your experience of similar feelings in similar situations. Empathy, and you could even call it compassion. And then four is relationship management. So this is a two-way street. When they talk about facing your opponent and being defensive, which to the other one appears offensive, and so they become defensive, which to you appears to be offensive, (laughs) that's what that's about. So part of the leadership that we're developing in a class like this, often about emotional intelligence as a portal to spiritual growth, is not only getting it together in terms of managing yourself and understanding yourself, but being a real leader and managing other people's emotions. You can do that. And then we can avoid that whole back and forth process. Well, you started it. No, I didn't start. You started it. No, no, no. You st- <laughs> you started it. It's like uh, it's a candy mint and a breath mint. Both things are true, right? With that set up, let's do our opening meditation. And then we'll address this whole process of why hurt people hurt people who then hurt people who then hurt people and we end up dropping bombs on those we've never even met. Close your eyes. Become comfortable. In the... and then three. Eyes open, wide awake, back in the room now. Eyes open, feeling fine, better than before. Back in the room, better than before. All righty. I'm not sure I've spent much time talking about beginner's mind. I spend a lot of time with my private clients talking about beginner's mind. So uh, offhand, I'm not sure how much much time I've spent discussing it in the Sunday class, but it's a real important concept for those of us who wish to develop our awareness. And of course, that's not everybody. Many people are terrified at the very prospect 
of uh, becoming more aware of anything. <laughs> it's like this ignorance is bliss idea. I'd rather not know. Knowing is better. Being aware of the scary stuff, wading into the scary stuff. Yeah, you don't want to go to the doctor and maybe you have legitimate concerns. If you call a plumber to come to your house, he or she is going to find a leaky faucet someplace, right? If you have a roofer come and check your roof, you'll find some need to bill you. So you go to the doctor. I don't know. I, I'm, I feel fine. I'm healthy. I don't want to go to the doctor. It's really motivated by I don't want to know. I'd rather not know. Ignorance is bliss. I'd rather avoid the fear. But in fact, you carry the fear. That's what fear is. This is the cornerstone of my book, Fearless Intelligence. That fear is not about danger. It's about not knowing. Not knowing enough about your situation. Situational awareness. And not knowing enough about your ability to cope, self-awareness. So fear is not knowing, don't you see? That's what fear is. It's how it feels to be, oh, I hate to use the word ignorant, but it's a pretty good word. And there really are not too many synonyms for it. Uncertainty is a good one. Unawareness. Even confusion. Misunderstanding, not knowing, not wanting to know. <laughs> That's what fear is. We know that, we're aware of it, when we recognize that the more information you have about an unknown situation, the less you fear it, even though the danger may remain constant. So the dictionaries are all wrong. Fear is not really about some danger or threat or hazard. It's about not understanding it. We fear things in direct proportion to our lack of understanding or misunderstanding. Knowledge is the antidote. Understanding is the antidote to fear. Not eliminating the danger. Hence the Greek, know thyself. Or in the East, it was Confucius who said the same thing. One who knows others is wise, but he who knows himself, forgive the pronoun challenge, those who know themselves are enlightened. Wise to know others, enlightened to know thyself. How can you empathize and understand anything about the world around you beyond your experience of it, beyond what you already have embodied and experienced in your own life. And so now we come to hurt people hurting people. I could have titled this class today, Hurt People Hurting People Who Are Already Hurt. But that's too long for the internet. It gets cut off. <laughs> hurt people hurt people especially those who are already hurting. Can we go to that? You see, when somebody hurts you or me with a nasty, mean, it could be even some offhand remark that was not intended to be hurtful, what they're doing is poking you 
or you're already hurt. Like somebody playfully needles you three or four times and you giggle, and then the fourth or fifth time they needle you with their long bony finger, you scream in pain, ow, you hurt me. And they say, what do you mean I hurt you? What? Why? We're just playing around here and all of a sudden that hurt. And the other person says, yeah, well, I've got a bruise over here. It only hurts when, ow, it only hurts when I touch it. The first person says, well, then I didn't hurt you. The other one says, well, yes, you did. And the first comes back with, yeah, well, okay, but you were already hurt, so I didn't really do that. Well, yeah, you did. You should have known. And this is just a metaphor for the way we hurt each other with language. Are you hip enough? Are you aware enough to recognize that when people hurt us, what they're bringing up most likely is something that's really old. Somebody says to an offensive person, you're not my mother, you're not my father. Why are you talking to me like that? Are they aware that the other person is not acting like a mother or father, but you're feeling like a child? And you feel like a child because the button they pushed, the trigger they pulled, comes from your childhood and your unresolved hurt? And that your anger is defensiveness? That anger is a defense mechanism to protect you from further hurt? That is very, very primitive? That your face gets red, you get all puffed up and big, you wave your arms around, and you start to yell. That's what you do in, in the woods if you are confronted by a bear, not a grizzly. You don't yell at grizzly bears. <laughs> That's a whole different story. But your basic brown bear, you want to get big and wave and yell at them, bang pots together, say all the obscenities that you can, tell them you eat bear meat. And they turn and run like little scared rabbits. That's the whole point of getting big. So you yell at your children or you yell at your parents or your spouse. That's what you're doing. It's a defense mechanism. But we've lost track of the motive. And we feel like we're defending ourselves on some level. We know we're defending ourselves. But whoever you've directed that toward sees it as offensive. Whoa, what are you coming after me for? All I said was, well, you started it. You said that. I think it's real helpful to see how this is a two-way street so that we can, number one, manage ourselves, understand ourselves. That's where you begin with the intrapersonal. Wait a minute, I'm starting to get really angry here. By using relaxation and meditation and mindfulness and study, attending classes like this, you expand your awareness. You see the anger sooner. You see the hatred sooner. You're more likely to understand these feelings as containing hurt and sadness. Who recognizes 
the sadness and their anger while they're angry. Usually, it's only as it fades and diminishes over time that you may be willing to acknowledge the sadness and the despair and that anger. And beyond that, to the roots, the fear. The fear of danger? No, that's the appearance. The fear of not knowing whether they have a point. Somebody says something nasty and hurtful to you, and you have a high level of self-esteem, and you know yourself, and you know that what they're saying is not true, how could it hurt? Why would it hurt? It hurts only in proportion to your belief that they may be right, at least to some degree, on some level. If somebody tells me, you know, Benner, you are so stupid, you're such a moron, you don't have two brain cells to rub together, they can insist, they can jump up and down, they can threaten uh, to expose me as a moron, whatever, I'm not really all that concerned because I may not be a genius. I'm problem. I'm I'm no Einstein or Edison or college was hard for me, <laughs> but I know I'm not stupid. I'm not ignorant. So it's like it bounces off me. It's it's not kryptonite. It, I'm bulletproof. But if they found some other character flaw, I'll leave it to your imagination, some other weakness of mine or vulnerability where I wasn't so self-confident, like how about, uh, well, you're not very lovable, you're not very kind. I might have to go searching for evidence of that. Because maybe sometimes I'm not so kind. Maybe sometimes I'm very self-absorbed. Maybe sometimes I'm not as considerate as I could be. And so now they've got a foot in the door. Now they've found my Achilles heel. Now they can move in and hurt me. Especially if it's somebody that you love and care about. When we open our hearts to friends and family and others, the more we trust and the more open we are to the likelihood that we're going to get hurt by those people because we've let them in. That's why it's so important to develop trust in a loving relationship. Loving someone is not enough for a relationship to work. There has to be respect and trust. You have to have, to have trust. If you're in a loving relationship where there's a secret battle going on of one-upsmanship when the other's self-esteem relies on the need to put the other one down to control them or humiliate them, to get a leg up, so to speak. That destroys trust. And love alone is not enough to maintain that relationship. So it begins by Self-awareness, by, by understanding yourself, taking responsibility for your emotions, not as something done to you, but as your response. This is so big.
All right. So they made me angry. Be careful of <laughs> that kind of sentence structure. Nobody made you angry. You bought into it. No one can make you feel angry without your consent. If you knew the truth, it wouldn't hurt. And it's that fear of not knowing that creates the hurt, the anxiety, the sadness, and eventually the anger and the hatred. As Yoda says, anger and hatred is the path to the dark side. Not only because it leads to violence, which is so regrettable, but to suffering. Holding a grudge, I'm never going to forget, I'm never going to forgive. The great saying in Buddhism, holding that anger is like drinking poison and expecting another person to drop dead. Or like picking up a burning coal to throw at the enemy. Your hand is the only thing that gets burned. Anger, hatred, it's not a defense. It's, it's self-destructive. You're not defending anything. You're attacking yourself. Though there's plenty of opportunity in this day and age if you just expose yourself to a little bit of news and a little bit of what's going on at the extremes. Because I see tyranny in the far right I even see tyranny in the far left. That's what extremes have in common. Democracy, mutual respect, lives in the middle. So going way out on the left and getting tyrannical about your strongly held beliefs, you get to a point where it's not that different from the right being tyrannical about their extreme beliefs. There has to be a middle, the middle way. We've done classes on the middle way. So by understanding yourself and accepting all of your emotions as responses, your personal response to a situation, if I say the same insult to 10 people, I get 10 different responses. Because the emotional response is not a direct function of the insult. It's a reflection of the one who feels insulted. Feelings are not done to us. They're not the stimulus. They're the response. This is where emotional intelligence begins. Not knowing that generates fear and leads to these other hurtful emotions like anger, hatred. So when somebody on, uh, you know, triggers us, because there's so much on the right now in particular, this push toward autocracy, this white supremacist. Again, I've already acknowledged that there are extremes on the left as well. But, uh, Damn, the right has the guns, and they're willing to use them. All these mass shootings. It's no surprise that they all have far-right 
Nazi literature. I mean, this uh, episode now with the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, that he's uh, effectively taking bribes is uh, evidence enough of how corrupt government, even the judicial system, can be. But even more concerning for me is that the bribes he's taking are coming from a Nazi. A guy that collects Hitler's artwork and has an autographed copy of Mein Kampf. And his garden has statues of other dictators, including Stalin. And just last week on the Fox, I hate to call it Fox News, it certainly isn't. When, when Tucker Carlson interviewed Trump, he's going on and on about how much he admires the dictators. How <laughs> he has such respect for Xi in China and Putin and Russia and the leader of North Korea. Kim Jong-un, I guess is his name. He's been out of the news, so I forget those names. Kim Jong-un. <laughs> While he undermines our alliances with democracies. These guys love autocrats and tyrants and dictators, so it's scary. It's hateful, and we find ourselves hating hatred. It's imperative that we develop the awareness to recognize the trap and refuse to hate hateful people and stop hurting people who are hurting. When people you despise because they're despicable hurt you, the tendency is to want to hurt them back. Don't do it. Use compassion to recognize their suffering. It's hard to do, to be compassionate for a tyrant, for a racist, for a sexist, for someone with no conscience whatsoever, absolutely no empathy, totally power hungry, and I'm asking you to be compassionate. What that means is to recognize how much they suffer And that it, it's impossible to hate hatred. If you hate hatred, then you can't hate the hateful. It, it's a conundrum. You just can't do it. And so this is Christ saying, love your enemy. That doesn't mean be reckless and uh, that you should uh, not worry, or not watch your back, not be careful around somebody who's trying to kill you or wish you harm. Don't be reckless about it. But understand that they suffer. That if, if, if you don't see Trump suffering, if you don't see the torment that he puts himself in, then you have yet to recognize the extent to which we do that to ourselves. All of our torment is self-imposed. We accept it. We let it in. We buy into it. Again, no one can make you angry. No one can make you frightened. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Stop it. Fix yourself. Develop your awareness. Manage your feelings. Then 
employ the empathy and the compassion that allows you to break the cycle. You can stop tormenting others, you see? And then justifying it because, well, we're right. We're not as bad as they are. We're working for peace and justice, and we want democracy. Well, yeah, that's all true enough, but hate is hate. Anger is anger. Fear is fear. Be fearless. Be loving. Be compassionate with yourself. There is such a thing as self-compassion, you know. And then you can influence other people to a much greater degree. And that's what we do. Last week's show, Sacred Activism, Making Good Trouble. In addition to marching, protesting, boycotting, educating our unaware friends. Remember what we talked about last week when it comes as a social activist, socioeconomic, <laughs> sacred activist. Interrogate your friends with questions. I'm using interrogate. Uh, interview them with questions. You don't have to square off and oppose them and shout them down. You can actually be interested and ask questions and not set them straight. You get so much power. I mean, why do why do police officers hate it when you question them? Why does a teacher or a parent get so freaked out when you question them? Because the one who asks the questions has the power. You don't need all the answers. Nobody likes a know-it-all. You don't have to have the answers. All you need are good questions. The best reason to get answers may be to ask better questions. How about that? Be curious, the curious witness. Always question, always, well, why do you feel that way? Well, how do you think that's going to help? Well, if you're concerned with not being able to make a living, not affording childcare, you can't send your kids to college, you're on a budget, you're feeding the dogs rice because you can't afford dog food. Do you really think electing billionaires and those whose campaigns are paid for by the dark money from billionaires? You think the billionaires are the ones that are going to best represent you? Because then you could be a white billionaire too? A lot of this is pretty simple stuff. And you can expose it gently, kind with kindness and, and love and compassion. If you just gently question people, just... Turn the soil over a little bit gently and work it, okay? <laughs>